This message was recorded during a live service at Temple Baptist Church in Fargo, North Dakota. Thanks for joining us as we love God, share life, and serve Christ. As we've been thinking about this, as I have uh, thought about my, my messages, I have asked the question, what are some essentials that we want to grab onto at this early stage of looking toward this new church together? What are some essentials that we should latch on to as we look to this new church? And I have uh, focused my thoughts around Acts chapter 2. So uh, why don't we bring up that those verses, just one verse, uh, can you do that for me, Joe? There you are. Oh, that red doesn't come out too good. Well, maybe it will as it sets there. Sorry about that. It looks good on the TV, not so good on there, but that's okay. Um, Acts 2.42 has really taken my attention. And I've said, let's, let's draw out of that, first of all, how the very first church of Christians, the very first generation, the very first believers thought about this thing that they did together, church. And so we have talked about some of these already. I talked about what it means to say they devoted themselves. Uh, we use the word devotion as a, an emotional thing. But in, their, in, in the original language, the word devoted is to be single-minded, to be focused, to realize that there are a lot of distractions out there, but this group of Christians focused themselves on the apostles' teaching. And a few weeks ago, I, I talked about the apostles' teaching. Uh, we have a wonderful, wonderful blessing. We have the apostles' teaching captured in the New Testament. And so when they focus on the apostles' teaching, we can do something similar by focusing on God's Word, Scripture. And they did that intentionally, purposefully. I quoted to you some of the verses about that in the New Testament. Uh, one of those was from 2 Peter, where Peter said, I encourage you to read the words of Paul, even though sometimes they're hard to understand, and people sometimes abuse them, misuse them like they do, Peter said, the rest of Scripture. Peter recognized that Paul's words had divine authority because it was the teaching of the apostles. Okay, so this first group of Christians focused on, they were single-minded about the apostles' teaching. And we can look at that and say, we can be focused on Scripture. They were also focused on the fellowship. The fellowship. I talked about that last time, or not last week, but the last sermon on this. And I gave you a, 
an insert in the bulletin, and I gave it to you again. Uh, the one and others of Scripture. So that's in there. I want you to be thinking about those things. Uh, I think these one another's capture how fellowship works. Partnership. I took the word teamwork. The first generation of Christians, the very first Christians, when they got together, they focused on partnership, or what I would like to suggest as teamwork. And you do that. You work together as a team when you live out the one another's described in the Bible. So I leave that with you again, and I want to encourage you to start looking that over, thinking about it. How can we, our church, this new church especially, how can we practice this kind of fellowship, this kind of partnership, this kind of teamwork? Today is number three. When I, uh, when I look at this passage, and as I... Uh, as I did my study on it, I, some people, some Bible scholars, really say, you know, there's just two things here, the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. And uh, breaking of bread and prayer are, are kind of addition to what fellowship means. And, and in some ways, I kind of like that. You know, if you focus on two things, it's easier than focusing on four things. Um, but also, I want us to think about what, Luke tells us about these first Christians in these simple words. This really isn't too complicated, is it? They devoted themselves. They were focused. They were single-minded about the apostles' teaching, about the fellowship, about the breaking of bread and prayer. Let's pray together. Lord, as we venture into these, into this idea of the breaking of bread, I would ask that you would use your word to help us right where we are, where our church is, where our churches, Sojourn Church and Temple Baptist, where we are in this, this direction that we have, we have felt your guidance Lord, we've not made these decisions carelessly or flippantly. And we recognize, Lord, that it's, it's not something we can do on our own. But instead, Lord, we look to your word to guide us and help us. And may that happen even this morning as we consider what you want us to do in this adventure you've called us to. And as we look at how your people worked together when they first gathered in the name of Jesus back in Jerusalem. Thanks, Lord, for giving us this picture of our forefathers. Help us to put your work into practice, too. Thanks, Lord. Amen. You know, when you think about church, apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer... That's pretty simple, right? You know, there, there's nothing there about uh, outreach or music. You know, there's nothing there about 
collecting money or uh, financial plans. If, if we read on in Acts, we find out that there is a lot more happening in the church than just the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer. You know, when we read on, we find out they did give money and possessions to each other. They handled money. We read on, we find out that they, they shared and they even sent leaders to other cities to help those churches that started there developing congregations in other places. You know, when we read on, we find out that they had problems and they talked about how do we handle these problems? What should we do? What does the, the Lord want us to do in the church with these difficult situations we're facing? As we read on in Acts, we find out that they sent missionaries. That wasn't a modern idea at all. That was something that happened in the very first churches. When we read on in Acts, we find out that they held one another accountable. And they supported one another. And when, when they did things, they came back and reported what they did. And what happened. And how God worked. And they probably reported how the challenges happened too. And the things they faced. We read it on in Acts and we find out they prayed for each other. We read on in Acts and we find out they continually added new believers to their churches. There was a lot that happened in the book of Acts. Please don't hear my messages as well we just do apostles teaching and fellowship breaking bread prayer that's all we have to do don't hear that that is not what happened in acts and it's not going to happen to us that way either but instead let's remember that if a foundation is laid that is strong and secure a foundation that other things can be built on then the ministry that happens can continue and can reach out and continue to, to reach new places and new people. And that foundation is extremely important. And so as we think about the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer, I want to have us think about the essentials Will we, when we start this new thing together, will we make sure the essentials happen? Because God is going to do more as long as we have the kind of foundation that he wants to work from. You know, as you read in Acts and you read about how the church grew, it's interesting, you don't get the sense that it was a business plan but you see it happening. You get the idea that it was in response to needs. They looked around, they saw there are the needs that we see, things that are needed out there. So how does God want us to address these needs? Needs like mature leadership, 
Needs like when we go to a new city, what do we do first? Needs like communication with other congregations. It's amazing to me. As I think about the first century, there are, there's no mail system, none. There's no telephones. There's no Pony Express. There's no um, any kind of wirelessness. There's no internet. And yet these churches knew one another. People in those churches knew people in other churches. When you read Paul's letters, he says, these folks send greetings to you. I know you're concerned because you heard that this guy was sick. I want you to know he's doing better. These churches needed to be connected to each other, and they were. It's amazing to me. It could only happen as people circulated among the churches and carried the messages about one another to those churches where they went. They needed God-given wisdom. How do you handle Jews and Gentiles? How do you handle meat offered to idols? What do you do about all these things that come up as the church grows and matures, as people face problems, as they don't quite get along? What do you do about these things? The church faced, they needed wisdom. The church needed love for one another. They couldn't look across the Aegean Sea and say, you know, those, those Macedonian churches, you know, I, I, I don't like their food and I don't speak their language. And, you know, I'm just going to stay here on my side of the Aegean Sea and they can just do their own thing and they leave me alone and I'll leave them alone. That wasn't the way it worked. They spoke different languages, they had different cultures, they had different problems, but they saw themselves as a body, or in my words, as a team. And that made a difference in how they handled things. It's interesting to me, when I read the book of Acts, you know one of the things that they needed was how to solve problems. Problems became one of the ways that God moved them. Persecution, dissensions, differences of language, differences of culture. Dealing with problems became stepping stones to maturity. Right there in the book of Acts. Do you suppose that in this new church that we want to do together, that we'll have problems? Do you suppose that in this new church that we want to do, that we'll find some needs that will be hard to figure out how to meet them? Do you suppose in this new church thing we want to do together that it'll require that we connect with each other and, and communicate and understand and, and get to know one another? You see my point, right? We're going to have a chance to live out the book of Acts right here in 21st century Fargo, North Dakota. Fargo, Moorhead, West Fargo, metro area. Live it out right here. And as we live it out, let's not forget the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer, okay? Let's, let's anchor in those essentials 
a foundation on which this new church can be built. We've talked about apostles teaching fellowship, the breaking of bread. Let me talk about that. I've got a few minutes. I, uh, you know, I am not sure what Luke meant. I know that's a terrible thing for a preacher to say. A preacher is supposed to be dead set sure he knows what he's talking about, right? Well, I, I sort of do. I mean, I, I, I have it down to one of two things, and let me give you both. And that's the wrong thing to do as a preacher. I know that. I get it. But I can't help it. I've got to do it that way because I'm not sure what Luke meant. The breaking of bread. You know, when we read Luke chapter 24, Jesus met the two guys walking to Emmaus after his Jesus' resurrection. And he, he walked along with them and talked to them and they didn't know who he was. And he explained to them how the things that happened to Jesus at his crucifixion and his resurrection were all in the scripture. And they shouldn't be surprised about it. And as they went along, they came to the end of the day and they stopped for a meal. And at the meal, Luke tells us that the two were, they, they were on their way and they were at the table with Jesus and he took bread and gave thanks and broke it. He took bread and gave thanks and broke it. He broke the bread. And then Luke tells us, he gave it to them and then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared. And they were so excited that they ran right then back to Jerusalem. And they met the apostles. This is in the middle of the night. There's no headlights on their car. There's no street lamps on the streets. They're going in the middle of the night on the road back to Jerusalem. And they meet the apostles and they tell them that they recognize Jesus when he broke the bread. When they had a meal together, breaking bread, having a meal. In Acts 2, this same piece of scripture down at verse 46, Luke tells us they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They, they ate meals together. Maybe... Maybe what Luke means by breaking of bread is simply they ate meals together. And I kind of think that may be what he means. If you were to say, okay, Pastor Dude, what does he mean here? I would say, I think he's talking about just eating together. And you might say, well, what's the big deal about that? But now wait a minute, just think about it. Think of how important eating together is for families, for ethnic groups. Through the years, I've had the joy of being connected with Chinese church and Chinese believers here in Fargo. And they are, they are so happy when they get together and they eat their food together. I'm kind of happy too when I get to eat with them. Ethnic groups, often defined by food. Think about friendships. You know, you, you have lunch with your friend. You look forward to it, right? You think, oh man, I'm so busy, but I've got to find time that we can have lunch together. 
Lou was telling me that he and Scott are thinking about playing golf. I, I don't know about playing golf together, but I do know about lunching together. And lunching together is, is, is a good thing to do between friends. And playing golf is fine too. How about business deals? Why is it that people go to great expensive lengths to have expensive meals for business? Because eating together is significant. How about just looking at Scripture and recognizing, for example, Galatians 2. Paul calls Peter, of all people, Peter, on the carpet. Because Peter went to the churches in the Galatian region and he ate with those Gentile believers. And then some Jewish guys came who were also believers and they looked down their nose at Peter because he's eating with Gentiles. And Peter stopped right then and quit doing it. And Paul said, Peter, you are a hypocrite over eating together. I, I, I suspect that we maybe, maybe we too often undervalue how important it is just to eat together. And that may be what they're saying right here. That may be what Luke wants us to see, that these, these believers were single-minded and in that, that focus, they, they longed to know what the apostles had learned from Jesus and the Holy Spirit because Jesus promised the Holy Spirit would tell these guys what to teach believers. And the Holy Spirit did. They, they longed to be together in the partnership, the, the teamwork, that they, they realized we are in this together in a special way. We are we are a fellowship, we are a partnership, we're a team. And building that, they naturally went to the idea of just eating together. In their homes, you know, they didn't have uh, places to go eat like we do. They didn't have, uh, you know, you could go to the local um, smorgasbord. They didn't have that. They met together in their homes, eating together. Never, never. Let's not depreciate its value. It's interesting to me, at our church council meeting on Sunday, I think it was Joel suggested that, you know what we could do as we endeavor to get to know one another, to build this sense of teamwork together? Joel said, you know what we could do? We could just randomly put people from our two churches together, maybe in groups of two or three, and just encourage them to eat together in, in each other's homes, or maybe go out and eat together at a restaurant, breaking bread. I, I think that was a great idea. Um, our church council thought it was a great idea too, and there's a sign-up sheet on the, the bulletin board out there in the hallway that Joel put up, and if you sign up, what you're saying is, I'm willing to be paired up with a couple or another family or two from Sojourn Church, and, and we'll find a way to get together. Maybe it'll be eating together. Maybe it'll be going to the park so the kids can play. Maybe it'll be other things. But we'll intentionally plan times that we can be together. 
Would you do that? If you want to do that, if you want to follow this example here, then put your name on that list on the bulletin board. And we'll begin the process of getting to know one another by breaking bread. Let's don't, let's don't think of that as insignificant. Let's think of it as an essential. But maybe, maybe, maybe what Luke had in mind was something a little more special. Maybe what Luke had in mind was the Lord's Supper. Some scholars think that. They say, you know, when he puts that in here, you know, apostles teaching and fellowship and prayer, that's got to be more than just eating. And I don't know, maybe it is. The idea of breaking bread was used by Christians to describe the Lord's Supper. Paul, in 1 Corinthians 11, talked about a meal that they had with the, in the Corinthian church. And he said, you guys are not doing your meal very well because some of you, some of you eat and you, you gorge yourself and others of you don't even get anything to eat. He said, the way you're treating one another at this meal is not good. And he said, it's, it's rubbing off on you when you do the Lord's Supper together. And Paul said, I do not have a... I see that as a problem. It is a problem for you guys, and you need to change this problem. And then he goes telling us what the Lord's Supper is all about. So maybe this idea of breaking bread wasn't just eating meals. Maybe it was especially focused on sharing the Lord's Supper together. And if that's the case, then Paul, or then Luke is saying that these first Christians recognized the very same thing Jesus said to the apostles. You remember back when we read those verses? Jesus said, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom and you can unlock the kingdom for others. And I suggested to you that that's exactly what the gospel does. It unlocks the kingdom for any who will choose to enter. And so maybe what Paul is saying is, I mean, what Luke is saying is that these Christians recognized that when they shared the Lord's Supper, they proclaimed the good news, just like Paul said, and that held them together in a special way. Maybe that's what he's talking about. If so, then he's saying, you know, when we share the Lord's Supper, we are saying, I was lost in my sin. I was separated from God. And Jesus gave up his life for me so that I could be saved. And in that rescue, Jesus became sin for me so that I could become right with God. And now I have received that for myself. Just like I take this bread and this cup, I take Jesus, my Savior. The essentials. Maybe it's just eating together. If so, let's do it. Let's, let's get involved. Let's, let's make time for that. Let's go out of our way to plan that for... For right now, in, in our church and in this time of coming together, that we need to give each other this kind of attention. 
Will we do that? Will we make time for others in the simple, simple things like eating together? Maybe it's even more than that. Maybe it's sharing the gospel. Then as we join together, let's keep in front of us the message of rescue. Jesus is the Savior. And if I will take him for myself, I can be saved. And I can join with others in that salvation that he is the author and giver for me. Breaking bread. They saw it as an essential. We can too. Let's pray. Thanks, Lord, that you give us in, in Acts some wonderful pictures of the first Christians. And as we look at our situation, as we venture into this, this new thing together with Sojourn Church, Lord, help us to build a strong foundation on which you can build ministry, service, life, maturity, and Lord, as we build that foundation together, help us, help us to get together in the strong teamwork that your spirit can bind us to for your glory and for the work that you've called us to. Lord, may it be true, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you would like to be notified of future messages from Temple Baptist Church, be sure to hit the subscribe button. If you would like to further connect with us, please visit tbcfargo.org. Until next time, we encourage you to join us where you are in loving God, sharing life, and serving Christ.